Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Let AF Podcast with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. As always, I'm so excited to be back here with you this week, serving up conversations about personal and spiritual growth for the recovering insecure attachment type. That's all of us, if we're being honest. Okay, fine. 50% of the world represents the secure attachment type. I get it. <laughs> but... um. The rest of us need help, and so here we are. And I wear my insecurity, my recovering insecure attachment type proudly, as I hope you do as well, because we're here, we're healing, we're doing the hard work, we are not shying away from hard work, and not everyone chooses to do that. So high fives to you on the astro plane. So excited for the interview this week. It's with Liv Marathi, and she owns a wellness business in Guam. That's right. She called me all the way from Guam. And we just had the most wonderful conversation about habits and creating a self-care routine and thinking outside the box about how to create a self-care routine and like what that is. My favorite part of the interview is she said that her morning routine is turning on music and lighting incense. How cute is that? I woke up this morning and I was like, what do I need right now to make me feel like I'm experiencing joy? Like used to be coffee for sure, but a quick coffee over two years ago. So still don't know if that was the right decision, but I'm going with it, (laughs) especially now that I'm pregnant. I absolutely loved it. So I'm so excited for today's episode. It's so fun. I always love interviewing an international guest as well. She spent some time here in San Francisco, but you know, she lives abroad. So it's very exciting. We also had some bizarre overlap of we both lived abroad in Amsterdam, which is so wild and so interesting. And yeah, I just really enjoyed connecting with Liv. So before we get into the episode, as always, I have my weekly check-in and today I'm mostly embarrassed to talk to you about I'm going to share with you my new love of Crocs because um, plantar fasciitis during pregnancy is real. So I have a pair of Crocs. They are gray and green. They're probably the most obnoxious gray and green color of Croc that you could possibly imagine. They came to me for free (laughs) and somehow I cannot take them off my feet. They're on my feet right now. I just wore them to my 20-week ultrasound appointment, which went swimmingly. I enjoyed looking at them while I was in the ultrasound. So something's obviously super wrong with me (laughs) because I'm wearing Crocs now and it's happening. And the transition is, I think, complete to whatever happens when you wear Crocs. I just want to first state my case. Okay. So here's the deal. I've been having some plantar fasciitis pain If you don't know what that is, it's in your feet, it's your heels, like your heels hurt like a bitch. I'm supposed to be doing stretches for them. The stretches actually do really help, but then, you know, sometimes I just forget. Or the pain will subside and then I'll just forget to do stretches because it feels so good and then it comes back at worse. I've been getting all kinds of fun plantar fasciitis shoes. I found this brand called Kuru in Denver that makes special shoes for this. And they're 
pretty relatively cute and and I think they're comfortable, but they're nothing compared to a croc. And anyone who's listening that has worn a pair of Crocs knows what I'm talking about. So I've been (laughs) experimenting with different shoes. I've been talking to my mom who's dealt with plantar fasciitis for sure, like many times about what to wear. She, of course, wanted me to buy a pair of shoes from REI that are like literally the dorkiest shoes ever. My mom is so sweet and I love her so much. And fashion is just a little bit more important to me for better or worse. I I think there's like actually not even a judgment statement there. She recommended these shoes to me and I just like looked at them for weeks and I was just like, I can't, I can't commit. And yet, and yet she offered me a free pair of Crocs. I was like telling her that I want to go to the Crocs outlet on the way home because there's outlets between me and um, my parents' house or my mom's house. And I was going to go and see what fun Crocs they had. Like I was going to go buy some tie-dye Crocs, you know? And she handed me a pair of gray and green Crocs that she bought for gardening and was like, you can have these. And I was like, no, 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 thanks. I'm going to go to the Crocs store. And then I never went to the Crocs store, came back to her house, put the Crocs on, never took them off. So this is who I am now. I just want you to know that if you get pregnant, (laughs) I've heard from several pregnant moms and doctors now that like you typically get something like tendonitis, carpal tunnel, or plantar fasciitis because you have like twice the normal blood volume in your body. So your body, you know, you've got a shit ton of blood in there. Your body's got to make room somehow and it's just starting to fuck with all the other things. And so you either get, you get one of those three or something else is what I've heard. So I'm trying to roll with it. I'm trying to like see what it is now to identify as a Crocs person. I'm pretty sure my husband's going to buy me some croc jewelry because we're here now. We're here. And you know what? Embrace it, I think, is the thing. So I'll be posting some fun photos of my crocs onto my Instagram page. (laughs) Feel free to hop on there. Tell me what you think. Feel free to make fun of me. Please do that because I am making fun of me for sure. But also please know that I am literally walking on a cloud every single day. It's amazing. Give it a whirl. Give it a whirl. Just give it a try. But also maybe get the tie-dye ones. I don't know. Just uh, also a thought. Just a thought. (sighs) Okay. I'm really glad that I shared that. I feel relieved. I feel like I'm being my authentic self here. And mostly I just feel like I'm speaking truth and it always feels good to speak the truth. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Thank you for continuing to listen to this episode if you haven't already dropped off already because I wear Crocs now. (laughs) Or if you are a huge fan of Crocs, hop on that Instagram and you show me that love because more power in numbers, I say. I also might have a vulnerability hangover after this. I'm not sure. But it will probably go in that direction to be quite honest. Already feeling that one kind of come on. Okay. Well, here we go. So as usual, I'm going to ask you to please rate and review the show. Lit AF could really use your reviews. It helps new people to find the show. If you're feeling truly inspired, please share it with a friend. It will help share these amazing free resources that all these wonderful coaches, healers, teachers, mediums, channelers, artists share on this podcast, and it'll help your friend too. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. I think that's it for announcements. So 
let's just get right into this week's episode with Liv. So Liv, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Awesome. So yeah, my name is Livia Marathi. I am the founder of Eno Wellness Collective, and we are a Guam-based company that hosts wellness events and retreats and coaching programs. Um, I'm also a holistic health coach for women and a yoga teacher. So I'm excited to be here. Amazing. So many things. I'm just excited to have you here. The work that you're doing in Guam looks like phenomenal. So I'd love if you could just like... Would you just start by telling us like what events that you do in Guam? Yeah, so I, I moved back to Guam from, raised here on Guam, was away for about 14 years and, and just got back at the start of 2020. And what I noticed coming home, or one of the reasons why I wanted to come home is I noticed that there you know, was uh, limited options when it came to health and wellness and yoga and just overall experiences. And being away for, for a while and getting to experience a lot of amazing uh, wellness events and retreats uh, in California and also over in Europe, I was so inspired to bring a lot of that home. And so I have been hosting a, a range of events. And so I host pop-up events. The one that is the most consistent is uh, I host a full moon flow and sound bath every full moon over at the Guam Museum, which is a beautiful space here. And then I also host seasonal retreats. And so uh, with the change of the seasons, I host one day retreats are called self-care Saturdays. And those have been really a great way to just have people experience a little bit more than just maybe an hour, hour and a half event or workshop. So those are happening throughout the seasons. I also host events like a yoga brunch. I've hosted uh, all a a range of different types of of pop-up events throughout the island. And the biggest event that I'm getting ready to host here uh, just in a couple of weeks actually is called Eno Wellfest. And it's going to be Guam's first holistic wellness festival. And I'm really excited to bring this to life. It's been one of my dreams to bring this type of experience back home. So it's happening in just a couple of weeks. Oh my God. Amazing. In the event, like it looks stellar. It looks amazing. And you have so many partners lined up. Like I <laughs> hope you're feeling good. Cause it looks good. Yes. 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 <laughs> it's, it's, doing some, doing anything for the first time ever, there's always going to be some nerves around it of like, you can plan totally. everything in the world, but it's when you get there, the actual day when people start to arrive, that is something you can't necessarily plan for. Right. Right. <laughs> Especially doing something for the first time. So I'm um, feeling nervous, totally. feeling excited, but overall, like really just trying to bring the vibe to the event. And that has been really fun just to put on the creative hat and, and really think about the experience for people. That's so cool. I feel like I'm curious if you could share a little bit more about kind of your thoughts of bringing people together, especially for like this full moon ceremony. I think it's like such a specific role to be this person that gathers people, right? And so I'm curious, like, what are your kind of like ideals or or values like going into the event? You know, bringing people together, creating this community was you know, is my mission coming back home, right? It's to, it's to inspire a healthy lifestyle. It's to really start a movement here that's much, you know, beyond just an event or retreat, but to start to bring people and connect all of the dots. And so when I think about creating an event, even something as simple as like a full moon, you know, yoga class and sound bath, one thing I really want them to do or that I think about with events is I think when they arrive, I almost want them to feel like they're coming to my house, you know, like what is that Aww. feeling of them? 
to feel welcome, to feel included, to feel it is, you know, nervous to show up solo to an event, or maybe you're, I get, I've got a lot of people who have never ever experienced like any yoga class, first timer, first time for a lot of this. So my goal is to make people feel included and make people feel super welcome. And I'm personally a huge fan of all the little details as well. So, you know, leaving a little affirmation card at their yoga mat or having there be little surprises, like a, you know, a lavender eye towel at the end. And so, you know, also just kind of looking at how can we elevate the experience of maybe something they didn't expect, like, oh, you have a journal at your pillow, or oh, you have, you know, this uh, on the way out. And so I'm always thinking about that, how can I enhance the experience, and then also create a couple connection points for people. If you're coming solo, or you've like I said, never been to an event, I, I do want to create some some natural ways for people to meet each other, turn to the person next to them, have some time to hang back and grab, you know, tea after the after the session. So really creating a, a point where people can slowly start to like recognize each other at all the events and say hi and build, build some community each time. I love that. That's so cool. It's so important. It's so needed. So needed. <laughs> so needed, especially as we're all like climbing out of quarantine and in this global pandemic. I'm like, well, how do we interact again? <laughs> yeah. And also I, I realized with, with hosting events and even going to events, is that, you know, people are a little out of practice with, with yeah. social interactions, right? And so yeah. it, it can be a little bit intense to go to a big event or go to a, you know, a full class. And so also, you know, I think wellness events are amazing because you can go completely solo and not talk to anybody and kind of be on your own journey, or you can go with a bunch of friends and be super social. And, and that's okay. Like everyone's on their own journey and you're kind of going there to work on yourself, but in community with others. So it's kind of that, that perfect balance of, of doing both. I love that. I have a friend who teaches sound uh, or sorry, not teaches. She does sound baths. Um, in collaboration with Breathwork and I love going to them, but I don't know. It's so funny because I'm so close to her and she's running it, but I don't know a single soul that like shows up and I'm always just like, excuse me, excuse me. Like I'm always late too. So I'm like, make room. I'm going to put my nest in here. It's like a whole thing. So it, it sounds amazing the way that you're being so thoughtful about setting up your events. It's fun. It's a fun. It's fun to continue to add new types of events as well, and just to even have that creative process of like, oh, I, for example, I've always wanted to. I love doing yoga and having brunch after, so I'm like, let's yeah. do a yoga brunch. I Fuck love yeah. to do. Uh, lately, I've I just went through a, a sound heal sound healing training, and I've been really visualizing like I really want a candlelit sound bath meditation maybe with some like aromatherapy like super moody all the candles super cozy and I'm like I'm gonna go create it that's that's the the venue I'm I'm looking for so it's it's fun because a lot of what I what I'm bringing here doesn't exist and it's so it's people's first time experiencing it and uh, a lot of times if you have an idea here you can just run run with it because there's not that that's not much out here that people have um, brought in from the health and wellness team. Wow. That's, I bet that's great. And also very difficult to do. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> You're like, come to this yoga thing with brunch. And they're like, well, I've never done this. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting to see the types of people that come to the events as well, because it's slowly starting to change over time. You know, before people oh, have this image of like, Oh, I, 
I, oh, yoga is only for, for women. It's only for this type of person. And, and slowly I'm starting to see, you know, way more men start to come. Also just like different ages, people are bringing kids, more, more people are like, hmm, I should try that. I should experience it. And then the oh, more yeah. people talk about it and post and word of mouth, just within this small community, like the, the word gets out. They're like, I should try meditating. I should try journaling. I should try breath work. I should try yoga. So it's exciting. It's exciting because when you start to yoga is kind of like the gateway into the other things, right? Of like, oh yeah, I should try the sound bath. So, um, so yeah, it's it's been fun to to watch it expand. Gateway. It's a gateway drug. Gateway. (laughs) I love it. That's amazing. Very cool. Well, um, I'd like to switch gears a little bit and talk about holistic health coaching, if that's okay. Because I, I feel like there are they're actually all tied together, uh, probably, but <laughs> different hats. So I'd love to hear how did you how did you get into it? Before I started Eat a Wellness Collective, my past life was working in the learning and development space um, at a company. I was at my last job for eight years, so I did all the things. I was in sales. I was in um, training, I was in learning and development. And so I had always been really interested in in training and also in coaching. I'd actually gone through a sort of a career coaching program when I was at my last company. And I really found that to be super inspiring and, and just felt like it came natural for me to be able to hold spaces with someone to be in a one-on-one setting and to just be curious, to ask questions and and to actually listen to what they were saying back. And so I knew coaching was something that was interesting to me. And then I also, you know, was planning to come back and, and start, you know, Wellness Collective. And I thought, let's bring my background and my experience and my passion together with wellness. So I signed up for the um, Institute of Integrative Nutrition, um, IAN, which is a, a, a popular health coaching program. And I actually started it the year before I left my job. And so I was doing it kind of alongside my my job, getting ready to make this move. And then I graduated at the start of the, when the pandemic started and uh, switched gears into to really focusing on building the health coaching side of what I do. I work with women and I've changed the length and the of how long I work with people. I'd started off with three months and then it was six months. Now it's four months. And I found that to be a really sweet spot of working with people. And so I have evolved my program over the past two years to really get clear about you know, who I'm supporting and what type of, of, of focus I want to take people through. And now I've coached you know, a, good, a good amount of people here. So it's, it's fun to get to tweak and evolve and adjust each program as you see things just starting to work. Of this works, continue to do it. This works, continue to do it. So, um, so yeah, I love working with people in a one-on-one capacity. And then last year I, I launched my first group program. So I'm currently in my group program right now. I'm like almost at the end of the group. Program. Oh, that's amazing. Congrats. Okay. So I'm so curious why four months, like what, what is the secret sauce about that time period? Yeah. So for, for me, what I had noticed just the main switch of like the six months versus the four months is um, it's still 12 sessions. So I have 12 sessions over the course of four months. I was noticing before that. Uh, so what I was doing in the six month program is I was meeting, meeting for a, on a biweekly basis for six months. And what I noticed actually from being coached, so I got a business coach last year and I experienced a four month program. And I found that that the cadence that she took me through was was super powerful. So I explored changing that the past couple rounds I've had clients and I'm finding it work uh, a lot better. So in the four month program that we basically meet three weeks consecutively 
And then we have one week off for integration. So it's basically, yeah, three weeks on, one week off. And what I notice, especially because my focus is on building healthy habits, is especially as people are getting started with building habits and getting things in motion, meeting on a weekly basis is super powerful. Like that two week period in between, I found that to be just a little bit too long. I found Mm. that once I started meeting with people on a weekly cadence, they were able to put things in action and move things forward a lot, um, a lot quicker. And then having that month, that week off every month to just let some of the work soak in, see, have some reflection prompts, like really integrate this, the, the work that we're doing around habits, around self-care, around boundaries, around limiting beliefs, right? It's a lot to take someone through and and to also give them some space to let it sink into. Wow, that's amazing. And so talk to us a little bit about habits. I This is something I, of course, am really interested in. Um, what's the secret to creating a kind of a healthy habit? Yeah, so have I am obsessed with habits. I I love thinking about habits, and I, the two things that I really take people through in my program is is first of all just taking kind of a bird's eye view, zooming out of habits, because a lot of times people think of habits as I need to do something every day, and if I don't do it, then I'm bad, and I'm guilty, and then I fall off track, and then I feel guilt, right? So the, the shame way machine, that, <laughs> the shame <laughs> machine, exactly. So um, you know, I think the first the first thing I really have people explore is ditching just this challenge mindset of like I have to have a habit done in 21 days or 30 days or six weeks or you know really looking at it in, in the short term, um, and also just really digging into the why of why you're creating a habit. A lot of times people are creating habits from a place of should like oh I should meditate today because I heard meditation is good or I should do this right versus like in a a deep like I'm really feeling that this would support me right now so kind of just being able to discern like is this a should or is this actually something that you're that you really want to do right what is the kind of your deeper why Um, and then I, I kind of look at habits in two categories it's like what are sort of the action focused habits the things of things like exercising, uh, meal prepping, uh, meditating, journaling, just like I do this and I feel this way, or like this is kind of like an action I can check. Those are great, right? And it's great to know what those are, what brings you joy, what makes you feel rested. On the flip side though, what we explore quite a bit in my program is looking at what are those decisions that you can make that then have a ripple effect with your habits. So things like how you're setting up your day, like what hours are you working, you know, like what's your phone boundaries, like who are you around, like those are kind of the bigger pieces that then impact the smaller habits. So uh, oftentimes people can't set, you know, people will say, I don't have time. I don't have energy, right? Those mm. are the common things. I don't have the discipline. Right. I, I hear that a lot. I don't have the discipline to do this, right? So really zooming out and being like, what is your lifestyle, right? What are boundaries are you putting around what you're doing to actually make habits possible? And then whatever those habits are, do you actually enjoy them, right? Is this something that brings you joy? <laughs> I'm laughing because I've heard so many people be like, I'm just bad at meditating. Like, I'm just really oh, bad yes. at it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I met anyone that's good at it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But there are certain people that that like that meditate that 10 minute, minute meditation. They need that to start the day because they enjoy it because they find that connection to it. You know, my habit that brings me so much joy, which is so small, is I love getting up in the morning, lighting some incense and putting on some music. For me, once I have the music playing in my house, I have the smells 
two really simple things, but that can change the direction of, of my morning and my day, right? And, and just not going right into emails, not being in my inbox, um, not set, not having any calls scheduled before 9, 10 a.m. Like that, those are some of those deci- big decisions that impact habits for the rest of the day. Hmm, I love that. And Hey there. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. I know I am. If you're enjoying the Lit AF podcast, I humbly ask you to make a financial contribution to the Lit AF tip jar. Your support will help make this podcast happen. Financial contributions help to cover costs like podcast hosting site, podcast recording software, and it also helps us to pay our amazing, talented podcast editor that brings us these sweet episodes every single week. Monthly and one-off donation options are available, and we've got some sweet thank you gifts for everyone participating. If you're interested in making your financial contribution, please visit sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash tip jar. Now back to this week's episode. Thank you so much. How do you help people that are like, I'm confined to a nine to five. I don't have any freedom there. Like, how do you help people through that block? Yeah. So I really love to look at how people are spending the first 30 minutes when they wake up and the last 30 minutes before they go to sleep, looking at those basically like those mindful, joyful morning rituals. And then how are they actually winding down and getting into sleep mode? Because if I can help people sleep better, that is like the ultimate goal, right? Like, are you sleeping? Are you resting? Are you actually recharging? And, and are you actually, are you starting your day in a way that sets you up for, to, to have a good day, right? Or to have energy throughout the day. So I typically will look at what those 30 minute blocks are. Um, also, you know, one, one thing that I experience a lot with just within my group program, right? Is everyone is, everyone says, every client I've had always says, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy, right? Everyone's busy running around with no time, but there's this really beautiful thing that I get to watch happen throughout my programs where like you people make the time right you choose to have the time and people start to prioritize like okay well I'm going to get up a little bit earlier or I'm going to say no to this or I'm going to ask someone to pick up the kids right so they're there it's creating what are those times that are really non-negotiable for you and I find that that morning and evening uh, ritual time is is a good place to start I love that. I'm those are my favorite times of the day. Well, not the first 30 minutes. I'm not a morning person, but the last 30 minutes, I'm like, this is my time. Yeah. This is me time. Oh, this is my favorite. Yes. yes. I had a client that it was really, really like upped her skincare game and upped her evening ritual oh. to the to the point that she got like a little mini fridge in her bathroom and put like oh my little God, yes. spa towels in the fridge and was like, I was Yes, we need to act like we're at a spa as we're going to sleep. I love that. Love it. I have I've seen those fridges, and I'm like, I don't know you, but I want you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So fun. I'm curious. Like, are there any other bizarre rituals that you've heard other people doing? Mm, Let me think. I think. I mean, I don't want to call yours bizarre. No, like it's. I love. It's pretty out of the box. 
A lot around skincare. I think, you know, in the morning people, depending on what their situation is, right? Some people have dogs, some people have kids, some people have, live with roommates. And so even just like looking at what is their setup and how can they create these like, little moments within their day, even if there's other people around them. So yeah, finding time that's like, I'm away from my kids or I'm away from my husband. Like I'm going to be out in the garden, the garden. I have a client that really loves gardening, right? And that's her self-care. That's her meditation. That's her, her morning ritual, right? So it's, it's going out and taking weeds out of the garden is, is, is her, her joyful practice. I love that. I love hearing these because I feel like Oftentimes in the wellness industry, everyone's like, you have to meditate. And I'm like, there's so many other ways to wake up in the morning. So many other ways. And and one thing that I also have seen people do is, is write their to-do list and keep it by their bed at the end at night because they just, if it's written down, it's just not in your head, right? It's there, it's parked. And that can be a form of meditation, right? In meditation, we're just like clearing the mind, clearing yes. the thought. And so yeah. if that means getting a notebook near your bed and writing it down, like go for it. I love that. Let that stress out on the page. You don't have to hold it yes. in. Yeah, exactly. That's so good. That's so good. I love this. I yeah, I'm always about like how can we be how can we create our own unique day where we can just be ourselves because I feel like there's so much programming around morning routines and bedtime routines and we can just let that go. Yeah. And then know that it will also change over time, right? You're not going to like the same thing for the rest of your life. <laughs> and it yes. actually should change. You're going to explore new things. You're going to download a new app. You're going to find someone that tells you, you should go gardening in the morning, right? You're, that It should be like a constant evolution of, of things that bring you joy uh, that you can start to infuse into your life. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Mine changes seasonally, um, which is amazing, but I, sometimes I get down on myself for changing it up or not being consistent. And that's like, you know, I got to be more flexible with it. Definitely. And that's actually a really fun thing to think about too, is thinking about how does it change over the year? How can you create these, even these moments of reflection throughout the year to, to really take stock of, you know, what's working and what's not working. What do I want to bring forward with me into this season? What do I not want to? And I mentioned before I I host seasonal retreats, right? So I get people together on this, even on Guam, we don't have the fall and the winter. We have rainy season and dry season, but I still feel those seasonal changes here, even though I don't, we don't get the fall and winter like experience. People still have an energy change around the seasons. Um, There's still like different habits and different routines and even how social people are versus how not social people are during different mm. times of the year. So it's it's really fun to be able to start to blend the seasons into how you create your habits too. I love that, which really brings me to my next question, which is how do seasons affect our habits? <laughs> Beyond just, you know, the seasons that we're in, like externally, I'm curious, like, especially for women, our bodies are on a, you know, a very different time clock than um, men. So I'm curious, how can all different types of seasons affect what we do? Yeah. So this has been something that has piqued my interest so much in the past year. So, so I went through a teacher training last year that was on uh, yoga and the lunar cycles, looking at all the different moon cycles. And uh, there was an image that the teacher had showed that basically looked at the lunar cycles, the different moon phases, the seasons and menstrual cycle uh, phases. And there was like just that moment of like, oh my gosh, everything's connected, right? It's all connected. 
it's all connected. And so I love being able to, as I was just kind of, you know, creating these rituals and events around the moon, the new moon and the full moon, creating these seasonal rituals and just starting to get more in tune with my body and, and being a women's health coach. Like it, it just so, so much clicked and so much started, so much started to make sense for me. Um, also hosting these, these retreats on a seasonal basis allowed me to start to see just what people are bringing into each season with them right around spring, which is when I do my group program, when I do my retreat, people are in like that spring cleaning mode of like, I need to reset the things. Like it's not whatever new year's resolutions they made back in January. Spring is really the time that people are the most motivated to make changes in their life because they're like, okay, maybe that didn't stick. I need to figure out how to reset and, and have this, this, when you think about spring, right, things are starting to bloom and come out, come out of, of the ground, you have this like sort of blooming that's happening. And that I, I feel that I witnessed people experience that too, just in their approach towards their lifestyle and their, even their approach towards their health. Um, and then the summer is uh, people are a little bit more extroverted, right? They're going through probably travel schools out, right? There's just things that are happening just normally within the year that people tend to have more of that that extroverted kind of like fire energy. Um, and then you have this, this kind of wind down in, in, in autumn and into, into fall where people are starting to really ground down. So I find that fall is a, an amazing time to really start to build in some reflection practices. Obviously there's a big overall theme of gratitude typically around that time. As we go into the holidays, you know, people are not necessarily thinking about their health and wellness. They're more of like, let's just close out the year. So totally. before you just before you get me. into, yeah. So winter is not the time that people are, for, for example, like signing up for all these health coaching programs or wanting to even <laughs> like sign up for a bunch of like a membership somewhere, right? And even just noticing like, these are the kind of seasons that people have and how to infuse kind of programs and resources that people might need during that time. But I do feel that that there's different energy with each season, but they all are important reflection points to take a look at what's working, what's not working. That's beautiful. And would you just tell us a little bit about the women's cycle? Yeah. So personally, when I look at how we are as women, right, and being able to track our menstrual cycle and being able to go through the different phases. And like I said, matching that against the moon, matching that against even just being able to track it using different apps, right? And and having that, having that knowledge, having those resources, that's something that is super empowering for women. I feel like what, you know, as I go through my intake and consultations with women and I start to dig into their menstrual cycle and even looking at, yeah, their history with birth control, what kind of symptoms they typically have. Sometimes people don't even think about that and really take a second to look back and say, oh yeah, I actually are, am having these symptoms around this time. Or I do feel like things are a little bit irregular, things are off, right? Having those conversations with clients can be super eye-opening. And then beginning to start to notice what habits can you start to do around your menstrual cycle. For example, you're not supposed to necessarily be doing really high intensity workouts the whole entire, every day during your cycle, right? So looking at what kind of movement, looking at what kind of food, maybe more warming foods during certain parts of your cycle. Um, So that can be really empowering for people to first know and, and really understand like how regular or irregular or symptoms that come up, but then also noticing throughout that cycle of however many days they have, 
how can they start to switch those habits right around energy around food around movement um so that can be super empowering as well I love that because it's it's almost I got really into cycle syncing like Elisa Vitti's in the flow I was like obsessed with it and the research that she did about Olympic athletes and how if they pushed through their training on their um, period that it like eventually they stopped getting their period and then their performance would go down and so it was actually like if they just took a break during their cycle during their menstrual cycle it was actually long-term better for them. And I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> I've never thought about that. <laughs> Definitely. I've been a changer. I heard someone recently talk about how they give their entire team the day off the first day of their cycle. Whenever they start it, they get oh. that day off regardless. Of yes. That's an amazing employee perk. <laughs> Seriously, more if you're employed and you're listening, like just think about it. Cause like that's think about like, it. <laughs> I don't want to see you. I don't want you to be near me. Like it's not a good. No, day. no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and just normalizing talking about it, right? That we, we, yes. we talk about it. It's not this, you know, under the scenes thing that <laughs> behind yes. the scenes that thing that happens. We can totally talk. My my coworker the other day was um, talking to me, and she's like. We were just catching up in the office, and then she whispered. She was like, "And I'm on my period," and I'm like, <laughs> "I know that we're the only two women that work here, but like, we shouldn't have, like, we should not be whispering this shit. Like, we need to educate these boys on like how what our lives are like because it's yeah. a little different, and it's just as yeah, bad. definitely, definitely. Oh my god, it's so hard. So, um, what type of habits do you see clients like building around um, their cycle? Um, so I would say a few of, I mean, I would say that one of the main ones that I see people doing is taking that rest, right? Taking the time off that they, and just really tuning into their intuition. So typically with my clients, I have a weekly accountability plan that we create. So I say, okay, this week, your goal is to do this. And this is why, and this is how I'm going to celebrate it. And this is the things I have to do at home or like, here, here's what I have to do in my environment to make this possible, things like that. And I really love when when we we do that each week, right? And I start to notice the goal isn't to go up, up, up. The goal is, it's not like I'm working out two, two, two times, three times, four times. The goal is just really start to tune in to like, how do I feel this week? What's going on with me emotionally? What's going on in my body? What's going on in my cycle? What's going on at work? Whatever it might be. And be able to adjust that accordingly. So looking at, you know, actually, I just feel like being inward with social activities, with with how they're, yeah, how they're moving, um, what they're craving, things like that. It's just a big piece of it is just self-awareness, right? And just even tuning into it is, is step one and a huge step for a lot of my clients. Oh, I love that. For a, a while I had my, I'm off, I'm off my cycle cause I'm pregnant, <laughs> but for a while I had my cycle literally synced on my calendar. So I knew when I was like booking meetings, whether or not it was like, my cycles are regular. So I was like trying to be the best, you know, like, um, timing wise, but it made a big difference. I think it made a really big difference because I would not book like big, you know, podcast recordings or, um, anytime I was like coaching or like having a group meeting, like I would just avoid those weeks. And it was, it was for the best. Yeah, no, that's for amazing everyone. For, everyone for everyone. It's just going, kind of going into that, going inward, going in, And we see it a lot, even with with the moon, right? New moons are times to go inward, to plant seeds, to do things that are more restorative. Full moons are times to celebrate and release and to, you know, dance under the moonlight, that type of energy, right? So 
even looking at like, you know, those times that we are in our cycle of like, okay, there's, there's times to be more restorative with ourselves. Um, with, and that can be said with so many things, right? All the cycles of life that happen at the same time. Totally. Totally. Thank you for sharing about that. I'm so curious. What are your thoughts on habit stacking? If you have an opinion? Yeah, I definitely think that habit stacking is, I I talk about that quite a bit with my clients too. Well, the main thing I look at when I look at habits and ways, things that are working well for people is looking at how they're changing their environment to support their habits. And Mm. so I give that the example of like, okay, in the morning you want to create is for example, if someone's habit that they want to start is they want to like, you know, have a glass of water in the morning, take their vitamins, have their like favorite morning drink of choice. It doesn't just happen overnight, right? You have to kind of create like, okay, where in your kitchen are you setting that up? Are the vitamins there? Is Do you have the glass that you're going to use? Like, do you have your little coffee? Like just creating the environment for it. And I have people do that when we start our coaching program of even creating the space that they're going to be taking the call, right? Is it private? Do they have their journal? Do they have all the things that kind of inspire them? So kind of looking at environments uh, as a way to to support habits. But for that, for example, if you do want to have that stacking of habits of I'm going to be doing these two things or three things that I want to be doing at the same time, I think environment is like the key to that. Also, people are like, oh, I want to go for a walk and listen to a podcast at the same time. Or I want to, you know, do things, two things that I, that I want to be doing. That are, that, that are my goals to be doing, looking at what, you know, what, what's the environment to support that. I love that. <laughs> I always like want to listen to podcasts, everything, like every time I'm doing something, I just want to listen to a podcast because it makes me feel like there's a lot of it, like I'm learning and I'm also like, you know, it sounds like I'm in community with others. There's a lot of reasons for it, but I never want to walk my dog listening to a podcast because I feel like it's our time together. But my husband the other day was just like, Oh yeah, I'll probably just start to because he's changing jobs. So he's like, I'll probably just start to like walk Frida, my dog, and listen to podcasts. And I was like, You're okay with that? We can do that. That's okay. And it was like this huge permission engine. And all of a sudden, I was like, This you just open up my life. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so now, like, awesome. now I'm experimenting because you know maybe we can also be connecting while I'm still listening to podcasts. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Try it out. I'll try it out. I'm sure she will be okay with it. <laughs> she wants mama to be happy. I think that's her like yeah. main thing. <laughs> uh, okay, so now I kind of want to transition to motivation because I feel like this you touched on it earlier, and it's kind of what sustains people, right? In these habits, like when you're working with clients, like how do you work with them to find their motivation to keep these new habits? Yeah. So one, I guess, even piece of language that I changed over time and in, in how I share my program is talking about my programs is talking about we're not just looking to create habits right but create consistent habits right create and integrate these habits so it's great everyone knows like oh yeah I want to create you know these five things that are kind of surface level maybe but how do you keep it consistent right and so one thing that I have them do initially is I have them create uh, what I call their recipe for the soul and they basically create all a list of all of the things that really light them up, like really kind of tuning into that joy frequency of like, what are the things I really love? And a lot of people will say things like, yeah, I actually love dancing, or I love being in the ocean, right? And so those things that really light them up can start to influence what are the habits that you want to create that are going to actually be something that, you know, has that reward at the end, that satisfaction at the end. So really tuning into like, 
getting to the root of like, what do you actually enjoy doing, right? A big piece of why people even sign up for a coaching program in the beginning is because it does help to have a little bit of extra support or accountability when you're just getting started, right? That's why I switched my program to the weekly basis, right? That's why I love the group program because yes, I'm the accountability, but they are each other's accountability. Mm -hmm. So our group chat is going off with like uh, workout pictures and food and all sorts of things. And so having accountability, it could be even just telling your partner, this is my goal on this and I would like some support with it, right? It could be signing up for a coaching program. It could be signing up for a membership or it could be something small to just kind of keep things going. Uh, But I do think that when people start to feel the difference, actually experience it of like, okay, I'm working out consistently, I'm eating well, I'm resting, I am saying yes to things I want to say yes to, no to things I don't want to say no to. Once people just start to experience that, even if it's in a short amount of time, it's, they start to be able to know, okay, how do I get back to it? Right. How do, how can I, even if I fall off track, even if I go on a trip or even if something changes, I, I move, they are starting to know, like, what are the things that really support me keeping it consistent. And a lot of it goes back to environment. A lot of it goes back to those bigger decision uh, decisions that they've made to create the lifestyle or create the space around their lifestyle. I love the idea of finding just like figuring out what brings you joy like that. Yeah. <laughs> that more then of yes. course you're going to keep doing it. Yeah. That totally and, makes sense. and even things like, for example, you know, here we live on a beautiful tropical Island and you'd be surprised by how many times people are like, I don't remember the last time I went to the beach or I don't know the last time I was uh, close to the ocean or hiking. So even just tapping into like, it's all around. So you can go to the park, you can go take a walk, you can take, you know, there's different things that are completely free that bring so much joy to people that they just haven't prioritized doing uh, in a while. So it's just kind of re-sparking that and then having them, you know, have one or two things that they're doing on their list throughout the program to just be like, yeah, I had someone recently that they tried like their first aqua Zumba class. And they're like, I love aqua Zumba. I was like, amazing. (laughs) Like finding, (laughs) finding those things, right. Of like, you didn't even know you love aqua Zumba and you do. And now you're obsessed. I would love Aqua Zumba. So I thank you. Whoever that client was, thank you for being inspired. Yeah, exactly. I know. I was like, where can I sign up? I'm so into that. I love that. Yeah, it's interesting during the pandemic. I mean, before, like I, I do everything in a group setting. And based on my conversation last week with Jenna Starkey, who is a friend of yours, I feel like that's such a two thing to just be in community and want to like, you know, constantly kind of have like a tribe. And I feel like uh, being in group class, group fitness classes is like something that totally motivates me for sure, which has been so hard during the pandemic. Definitely, definitely switching to the virtual options, finding ways to connect with people in, in different ways. Um, yeah, definitely. It's, it has switched people's mind into like, not even not having to be face to face, but now coming back, you know, coming out of that being able to have events, have to do in, in person things. Yeah. I feel like people, people value it so much more because it was taken away. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, and I'm also, you know, struggling to get back into it. Which is why, Liv, we need you as a teacher because you're going to be thinking about how to integrate everyone as a community. Yes. <laughs> so <good. laughs> I love it. Well, um, is there anything else that you'd like to share with someone that's on their own healing journey right now? I think, you know, something that has helped to me personally that I'm 
is a con constant work. The work that never ends is to really challenge your mindset. And there's something that's been coming up a lot for me lately is thinking about, you know, what are, how can I continue to even question myself a little bit, right? Where do these beliefs come from? What are the patterns I have? What are the thoughts I have? How is that impacting my business, impacting my relationships? And so I, I feel like, you know, if anyone's on their healing journey right now, like that mindset work is not like a coaching program and then I'm healed, right? It's, it's, a, it's a lifelong experience to like be constantly challenging like where are these beliefs coming from and are they serving me are they true and so I've been I've been really leaning into that lately and working with my clients on that too I love that and I feel like it's right in line with what you just shared of like people being like but I don't have time for that I mean that's yeah. such a belief yeah. And it's like, the, you know, from Brene Brown, like the stories we're telling ourselves, right? We have to think about where are these stories coming from, right? And if you always, for the rest of your life, say, I can't eat healthy because it's too expensive, or I don't have the time, or I'm too busy, or I don't have access to, to this, right? Or to that, like, really, if that's like the story that comes up, it's worth exploring and really digging into Maybe a part of that is really true, but maybe there's a part of it that like was true before and maybe you know, it's worth just challenging those beliefs that keep people from living their, you know, most fulfilled life or their, their healthiest life, whatever that means for them. Right. So that's something to explore at any age. I, um, I love that. And if someone wants to come work with you or follow along with what you're up to, how can they get in touch with you? So they can find me on Instagram. Um, my business is Ina Wellness Collective Guam. So Ina is spelled I-N-A. It's the word in the Guam language that means to illuminate or to shine a light on. And it is, so you can find me on Instagram. Also, inawellnesscollective.com is my website that has the coaching programs, the events, all my coaching programs are virtual. So I work with people wherever you are. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, as I mentioned at the start, you know, Wellfest, Guam's first holistic wellness festival, that's going to be an annual thing, hoping to expand it and grow it over the next couple of years. So anyone's looking to come to the middle of the Pacific to tropical island, <laughs> let me know. I'm going to guess some of our listeners are definitely interested <laughs> in that. <laughs> yes. How can you resist? Yoga and brunch in Guam. Come yes. on. Come Take on. your girlfriend. <laughs> so awesome. fun. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank really you. appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's it for today's show. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. If you have a moment and you're in the Apple Podcast app, please rate and review the show. I could really use all the ratings I can get. And please share this episode with a friend that may benefit from it. Of course, hit subscribe to keep up with new weekly episodes. And if you're interested in supporting the show and being part of the Lit AF community, Join our Patreon by visiting sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash tip jar. Thank you again for listening. Please stay lit, lit AF, and I hope to see you back here next week. <laughs>